Hi, welcome to Tipping the Turtle. I am Jeff Silvers, joined as always by my broadcast colleague Nick Bryant. Howdy, partner. He's a cowboy this time, hey. Um, today we're going to be talking about something that I always thought was cool when I was a kid. Might not be that impressive to people anymore. I still think it's super cool, and that's playing Game Boy games on your television. And the reason I say that maybe that isn't impressive to folks anymore is... I mean, we've talked about RetroPie, we've talked about emulation and things like that. Obviously, you can just you can play anything on your TV. But back in the day, you had a Game Boy, and it had the your little monochromatic screen. Screen might have had a scream also. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, but you know, and that's how you played your games, and it never really. When I was a kid with my Game Boy, it never really dawned on me that maybe I could play on these, you know, play these games on my TV someday. And then I started seeing commercials for the Super Game Boy, and that opened up a whole new world of possibilities. But uh, this goes beyond the Super Game Boy, and you might have heard of the Game Boy Player. There are actually a ton of different devices that allow you to play Game Boy and Game Boy Advance cartridges on your television, and we're going to talk about several of them today. We also have some fun little uh, side, little side stories for everybody side today. Side quests, yeah, little if side you will. quests. Oh man, that's so much. We that that should be the official from now on when we go on our like. 30-minute tangents that we tend to do when we're talking about orphanages and whatnot. Uh, those are side quests. Side quests. Yeah. Love it. Uh, but that's what we've got coming up today on Tipping the Turtle. Before we get too far into things, uh, I did want to share a story that happened recently. Yeah? Um, Yeah, so one of our listeners uh, works at my daughter's school. My daughter's in elementary school. um, And she works at the school, and she also works at the dance studio where my daughter uh, dances. And so as I was picking my daughter up from dance the other night, she comes up to the truck, and she, uh, after telling me that her episodes are too long, which we know... Yeah, we know that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Very sorry, folks. Trying to figure that out. Yeah. Uh, she tells me that she was listening to one of our episodes, and uh, she was driving up to the school for work, and she had her windows down. And it was, you know, it was during one of the Nick's Picks segments, and uh, so things were kind of going, they sounded okay, it just sounded like a normal conversation, and then all of a sudden I yell, motherfucker, really loud. And she immediately had to, like, turn the volume down because, you know, her windows are down and she's pulling up to an elementary school with children and such, so... Great job. Yeah. Which, by the way, would be even better is if she just starts listening to this episode as she's pulling into the school again. (laughs) And you said... And she just heard me say, Motherfucker! (laughs) I'm gonna make it my goal to swear as loudly as I can throughout this whole episode just at random intervals. Just so, no matter when she's playing into her school, somebody's going to turn their head when they hear me yell, Son of a bitch! God damn it! Well, I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> we don't answer to anyone. Fuck it. We can That's do whatever true. we want. That's true. Yeah. Um, but we don't just... cow toe to no cow hand up in this <laughs> podcast. <laughs> um, I just thought that was a funny story about me. That's great. Almost costing someone their job. Wow. (laughs) Wow. Wow. She said that she did want to immediately jump out and just let everyone know that, like, it was, you know, oh, that's It's Jeff. It's all Jeff. That was Jeff. It's all Jeff. That was Jeff Silvers. Uh, But, uh, but yeah, that's that's what we do on this show is we touch lives. Yeah, touch lives. We got a lot of shit to get to, Nick, don't we? We do. Uh, this is exciting because uh, this is something that, that I love. I mentioned the Super Game Boy, and obviously we're going to talk about that. It's probably the most prolific kind of device as to what we're talking about Really, here, the but... first one of its kind. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Um, but, Nick, I wanted to ask you, what were your first... What was your first... Because exp- I presume that was also your first exposure to, like, playing a Game Boy game on anything but a Game Boy. I think oh, that was yeah. probably most people's... What What memories do you have of that? Yeah, so, uh, you know, I was a big Game Boy player as, you know... As many people were, so uh, I had a Game Boy, I had various iterations of the Game Boy. Um, I don't remember exactly when I got a Super Game Boy, but I eventually got one, and I, it must have been 98, 99, because I remember playing Pokemon on it all the time. Because you wouldn't think, like, like certain games are designed 
especially back then, to be portable. So you're doing it on like family trips or like a business right. trip if you're an adult, I guess. Like I, or I like a an adult very back busy then, child. A very busy who child, a ch- yes, a child a actor perhaps. <laughs> um, you know, all these things. And uh, so, so Game Boy is meant to be played on a portable device. But then there's, there's this huge market that emerged with people that just loved the games. Mm. And they wanted to play them not only when they're on the annoying you know, family trip with their aunt or something, but when they're just at home and they want to continue their experience and then pop out the cartridge, put it back in their Game Boy and play it on the family trip, you know, right. back and forth, you know, all your save games are all stored on the cartridge. So, you know, why not? Um, but, uh, it, it must've been like 98, 99 for me. And, uh, I played a lot of Pokemon on it. Um, you know, something we'll talk about, I'm sure is, uh, that, the Super Game Boy had built in like a, a software where it would detect the game that you put in and give you a special border around it because it, it for couldn't certain, for certain games for yeah. certain games. Holy shit, we we didn't even say what it is. I just realized. Oh yeah, sorry. It, <laughs> it, it looks like a Super Nintendo cartridge, right? And um, it's got a a cartridge slot on it, very similar. In fact, probably the same. I would say as a Game Boy mm-hmm. cartridge. You know, yeah. it's got the pins and everything, the pin connectors, and you put your Game Boy game into the top, and it then goes into the Super Nintendo. Yeah, and, so, and it yeah. was basically just a Super Nintendo cartridge with the Game Boy slot on it. Precisely. And, yeah, and you would play, you know, you'd be playing your Game Boy game through your Super Nintendo, and like Nick said, it would it would add additional features and stuff. It basically had all the guts, like everything that's in a Game Boy was in this Game Boy cartridge, except for the stuff you would need for the screen and the controller. But yeah. like all the hardware was was there for it, so um, and it came it came out you know at a time when the Game Boy was hitting like its peak popularity, and like Nick said, people were wanting to play it at home and have a similar experience to what they were getting with their home consoles, and the Super Game Boy was was the way to do that. Yeah, and uh, there's kind of a running theme with that actually as you go down through all these things we're going to talk about. There's there's a lot of things where you you're like taking hardware from one console and like using it in another console, right? So. Very similar, but, uh, you know, it was kind of cool because um, you'd plug it in. Like, on a normal Game Boy, you've got you've just got the two buttons on it, you know, B and A. Yeah. And then a D-pad and start and select and all that, but uh, you didn't have anything else. But when you go onto a Super Nintendo controller, you have L and R as well as X and Y in, in addition to B and A. As anyone remembers uh, from listening to our two episodes of Control Freaks where we talked... At great length about buttons. At great length. By the way, way more length than you guys heard, because I spent quite a bit of time cutting out me and Nick just talking about this controller has these buttons. Really brilliant idea to have two episodes about uh, (laughs) talking about buttons. That was great. Um, Neither of us saw the flaw in that design. (laughs) As soon as uh, we were done, we were just both, what the hell have we done here? (laughs) What have we done? But uh, I, I personally, like, if you think of a Super Nintendo controller, I am a YB person when it comes to games that are designed for two buttons. So, like, Y would be B, B would be A for me. And you can actually do that very easily on a Super Game Boy. It's the ultimate Game Boy-style console to TV thing, in my opinion, because you can easily change that. It's just a one-button thing. You just hit the button, boom, you mm-hmm. change the scheme. Yeah. No other Game Boy console like that has ever existed, except for the Raspberry Pi. You can play, like, Retro Pi. Yeah. You can change things in a configuration menu, but nothing else had just a real easy, like, flip a switch Yeah. than that. Because I am not a person that can play B&A games because I'm constantly like holding the button to run on a SNES controller, you mean you can't yeah. you can't do B and A as your two action buttons because your hand contorts all weird. Yeah, you, it contorts yeah. very strangely. You know, it's just my own preference. But I loved the Super Game Boy because you could very easily just hit a button and flip the freaking thing. Like it's why doesn't everyone do this? I don't know. There was actually I don't know if this was ever released in the United States or if it was just Japan, but Hori released a uh, controller that was designed for play on the Super Game Boy. It's technically just a Super Nintendo controller, but it looks like a Game Boy. No, oh, that's awesome. And it has, like, the color scheme of it. It's, like, a rectangle with rounded edges. It even has, like, a fake little speaker, you know, the little line-style speaker that the original... Oh, yeah. Yeah, and uh, has the... The B... The... I think it's technically the X and B buttons 
are colored like the Game Boy but the Game Boy buttons are the purplish color, and then they have the L and R buttons on the face, and then also the A and whatever buttons. Yeah. It has all the buttons, just they're all on the face. Are we talking about fucking buttons again? Oh God! What we're doing. <laughs> we gotta stop. If we're you, obsessed, Jeff. If you love buttons, you're gonna love tipping the turtle. <laughs> Um, <laughs> it was a controller built specifically for the Super Game Boy, and it looks awesome. I've it never does. touched one in my life, but I really want to order one. Yeah. If any of you guys have one or know one, email us. Or tipping... you just had this whole fucking... Oh, so yeah, tippingtheturtle at gmail.com. Tippingtheturtlegaming at gmail.com. Oh, Christ, yeah. Somebody else has the other one. Don't Get the that. email right, Jeff. <laughs> um, Hori did... They also did one... Um, they did a controller for the GameCube that looked like a Super Nintendo controller. For some reason, Hori was excellent at designing controllers for a console that didn't look like the controllers for that console, and it was fucking great. They Which did the same great. thing with the... Yeah. Uh, N64. N64, yeah. They yeah. were the... In fact, they were the ones I think we were trying to think of last time when we were talking yeah, about controllers. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, but anyway... Uh, we digress. So that was the Super Game Boy. Yeah, Super Game Boy is great. They they had special borders. I do want to mention the borders. They had special borders for specific games that were built into the Super Game Boy. When you put a game into it, it would recognize that and have special borders because you couldn't display the whole thing on a whole TV because of the resolution. So it would display it on like maybe fifty percent of the screen. Yeah, it was more than that. But it was I mean it was probably more than fifty percent because the resolution of the Game Boy wasn't that far off the Super Nintendo. Yeah. But it was different enough that there were there was a lot of space. There was enough space to put a special border. If you didn't have a border, if you just had like a pinball game or something, it would usually have like a black box around it. Well it had a bunch of borders you could select from that were built in. Yeah. And then like already artsy borders and stuff, but like the, the cert- default thing was like a yeah. black thing. Yeah. And then certain games had special borders that were stored in the cartridge, like Donkey Kong Land would have like the trees in the background. Yeah. yeah. Mega Man Five had um, a bunch of Mets, the little helmet guys nice. sitting around, yeah, and the Capcom logo. Cool. Um, and then some games had uh like what there was a fighting game that had um maybe it was King of Fighters. There was a fighting game where you could actually play two players just using the SNES controllers. Yep. King of Fighters 95, I yeah, believe. Yep. Yeah. That's um, one of my favorite Game Boy games, actually. Yeah, that's yeah. really cool, too. Um, the big thing that it would do, I don't even know if we mentioned this, is it would, and this was maybe a little played up in the advertising, but it would play your games no. in color. Yeah, it, it would, yeah. yeah. Even yeah. if the games weren't designed to be in color, it would just pick a color palette and mm-hmm. would replace... Two or more of the Game Boy original color palette colors with some other color. It yeah. was usually like red and blue, or something. red and blue, or some shit. Yeah. And it was one thing. It, the one way that it handled that that was smart was it treated the backgrounds differently than the sprites. So you could have your sprites colored one way, and then the backgrounds another, which also worked really well in games like Mega Man and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but it, I mean, it was a it was an awesome awesome device i own one and i know nick uh, owns one um and they're actually super cheap to pick up they're not even that expensive yeah no i got mine for like four dollars at a flea market or something but i could have easily bought it for like fifteen dollars on ebay yeah, i think that's about what they go yeah i mean they're they're super uh super easy to pick up but just awesome i mean you can mm-hmm. it, there is something cool about you know just slapping like an actual physical cartridge into another cartridge into your Super into Nintendo, Super Nintendo yeah. <laughs> um, and playing your games in, in color. Before we move on to the next one, I, uh, I actually used to play Mega Man 3 all the time. That was my favorite Mega Man game. And uh, I used to, when you're in the game, you can actually hit the X button on the Super Nintendo controller and that switches the color palette. Yeah. So I would do the X because the X turned it into this like black... Like, everything was black except for the outlines of stuff, which was bright blue. Ooh. So it was a very, like... Trippy kind of... Well, not even trippy. It was, like, a, sort of like a, a Tron kind of oh, feel nice. to the whole thing. So I would always play on that with Mega Man. And you can customize the palettes, too, which oh, is yeah. cool. You, you can, can go you in can... there and change all the colors. Yeah, yeah. you can go in and change, like, oh, okay, color three for sprites is this color, and define them, you know, specifically. There's a lot of... Uh, Customization. I think it even would give you like codes you could write down easily that would make it easy to go back in and just set that back. I think you know? so. Yeah. Yeah. Because I think I had a yeah. notebook, 
<laughs> where I had like written down some of my favorite color combinations for some games like Super Mario Land. That's awesome, yeah. Um, but yeah, the Super Game Boy was cool. Um, they did have, we won't spend too much time on this because it's actually not that much different. There was a n- different iteration of that released in Japan Yes. called the Super Game Boy 2. Um, wasn't terribly different. It had a translucent blue case to it. Um, Which is pretty cool. I mean, it was pretty cool. That's right. Um, it ran, I think the a technical difference was it ran at a different frame rate. That it was actually, clo- It ran at the original Game Boy frame rate. Yeah. So that your buttons would, like your button presses would match the screen more effectively. Because the other one ran at like a slightly higher frame rate so you get stutter. Yeah. Is the only thing. Um, and then it had the link cable, right? Built into it. And it, it. had, a, yeah, it had a, a cable link um, slot built in as well. So you could actually hook up a Game Boy to it. And then play a two-player game with one of you playing, you know, on a Game Boy and the other one playing on a, you know, Super Game Boy 2. Which or back just hook up two Super Nintendos amazing. if you wanted to. If you were some kind of fucking Rockefeller and you had two Super Nintendos in the and 90s. And two, two Super Game Boys. Yeah. yeah. Um, but that was only released in Japan. That's could, awesome, actually. Yeah. I'd love to do that. <laughs> Dude, we both own... We both own Super Nintendos. We don't own Super Would Game you, Boys. We need to get Super about? Game Boy 2s to do yeah, it, but in a link cable. This, also, is, this is very doable. Well, we'd also have to modify it to the cartridge, because the cartridge is, of course, Japanese Super Nintendos. It probably would, and I'm, I will already there's say... There's a will, there's a way. It doesn't work, that Game Genie... Game Genie! I did that last... The last Y'all time we, better be pronouncing that Game Genie, right? Pretty sure Game Genies won't work with Super... We'll, we'll figure this out. We're going to test this and figure this out. Like Nick said, where there's a will, Game there's a Genies way. Game Genies do not work with Super Game Boy. Yeah, that is... Yeah. I figured that out. Yeah. Long time ago. But anyway, Super Game Boy um, is super fucking cool. Uh, by the way, Game Boy Game Genies do work with Super Game Boy. Oh, no shit? Dep- yep, they absolutely do. It just depends on whether your Game game Shark, sorry, not Game Genie, but Game Shark or Game Genie, actually. Like my modded Game Genie we mentioned last time, I think, that fits in a Super Game Boy. And huh. it works in a Super Game Boy. That's neat. And my Game Shark would have, if it would fit in the slot, and then the game would fit in the Game Shark. Because I tested it with a, a pass-through one time, and it totally worked. Nice. Yeah. That's awesome. I yeah. didn't know that. Um, so that was that was the Super Game Boy. It was really the first way you could play Game Boy cartridges on your television. Uh, it was also an official Nintendo product, which is always cool. Yeah. Because um, Nintendo This makes is like the gold standard. That's why we yeah. spent so much time on it, is because like this is the thing that everyone thinks of. Yeah. I mean, if you if you grabbed random people who had played video games, you know, from 1990 to like 2010, and you asked them about playing Game Boy games on their television, the Super Game Boy is probably what they'll remember. Yeah. Um, but that only allowed you to play Game Boy games because that's what was out were just the original monochrome Game Boy you games. You could play some Game Boy Color games, but only if they were the black label ones. The ones that were also supported on the original Game Boy. Exactly. Yeah, the ones that yeah. could be played in monochrome or, um, like Pokemon games, for instance, would, would run in color. They were technically formatted as Game Boy Color games and could run on them with full color or you could play them on the Super Game Boy. But a good example of something that wouldn't play on it is Pokemon Pinball was right. was designed for specifically Game Boy Color. It even had a rumble feature, totally beside the point, but it, it was a, a newer iteration. And right. those game and even the the cartridges looked different. Like it would fit in there. Yeah. It just wouldn't play. So yeah. By the way, of all the games to have a rumble feature, pinball? Yeah, pinball. Well, I mean, pin pinball is a very physical game, though. I suppose that's true. That's it's actually like that makes a lot of sense. Like like racing games, pinball games, things yeah, that have like a, a that physical a, aspect to them. Where they're replicating something that was already a tactile experience. Yeah, precisely. I guess that makes sense. Pokemon Pinball is a badass game too. That is a badass. I love game. that game. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, but we talked about you know the Super Game Boy being an official thing. If we fast forward a little bit, we're going to skip over the N sixty four and jump over to the GameCube. Because this is where we see the second official um, Nintendo commercial product to play Game Boy games on your television, and that is the Game Boy Player. Badass. Love the Game Boy Player. Fucking A. Um, Yep, this this thing's a... You know, I reckon this thing's a little bit complicated. (laughs) And you know what? It's kind of a 
horse's tail to find one of these guys. That's not even a real phrase, is it? Yeah, well, what do you know? That's a real horse's tail. All you're doing is eating beans over Are you there. Just, you're just going to spend this whole time making up, like, folksy cowboy expressions? That's not making it up if I know it to be true in my mind. I reckon a rattlesnake's dick, that that's going to be a hard one to find. A rattlesnake's dick's too small to find, so <laughs> shows what you know. Hard. No. That's hard to find as a rattlesnake's dick. <laughs> so the Game Boy I, player. I hope, I hope no one's pulling up to an elementary school with their windows rolled oh, down. Rattlesnake's oh, rattlesnake's dick. dick. All right. <laughs> the Game Boy player is one of my favorite things in this category because I've never owned it, but I know all about it because I constantly search for it everywhere I go. It's not even hard to find or expensive. Except to get it to work, yeah. Like you can, there's two components to it. The first component. Well, hold on. We should. We're, oh, sorry, we're doing, we're doing got, what we did before. We got some what fancy it is. thing you want to mention before. <laughs> well, no, we need to tell what it is. We did the same thing. We got so excited about the Super Game Boy, we forgot to tell anyone what it was. Well, what is it, partner? <laughs> Fuck, man, that voice. Somebody's poisoned the GameCube hole. <laughs> Uh, so this, the Game Boy Player uh, was basically what, kind of like what the Super Game Boy was for the Super Nintendo, but for the GameCube. So it allowed you to play Game Boy games, but also Game Boy Color games and, importantly, Game Boy Advance games. Yeah. So you could play the entire Game Boy lineup with, you know, exceptions of shit. That Literally were, all of them. Yeah. From start to DS, but not DS. Yeah, you couldn't play DS. But it could play Game Boy, Game Boy Color, and Game Boy Advance it was a little weird because obviously the GameCube is a disc-based system, so you're not gonna like shove your cartridge into some weird disc converter and then that would spin around. You know, that'd be stupid and awesome. Um, this was a weird. It's, it's basically a base that would go onto the bottom of your GameCube and hook up through like an expansion port there. Yeah, it's you like had, a little IKEA add-on. Yeah. But you had to actually screw it in. For some reason, that drives me crazy. I don't know why. You had to. It becomes like a permanent part of your GameCube because you have to actually like screw it in uh, with screws. A screwdriver. You didn't know that. No, I thought it just snapped on. Now the reason I know that is because unlike Nick, I own one of these motherfuckers. Boom! Game Boy Player right here. Well, suck it. Some people just like to suck suck on their own bolsters. It is, uh, so that's what it is, and it has like a little Game Boy slot, so you can, you know, stick your games in there, um, and you just play them using the, the game, uh, GameCube controllers. Um, it does have some of the, some features that are similar to the Super Game Boy, like borders and shit, you know? Yeah. Um, it doesn't really... No button customization, though. No button customization, which is sort of a problem with the GameCube controller, because the GameCube controller is not really optimized for that kind of deal. It's not, no. Um, you can use the thumbstick as a D-pad, which actually is pretty much the only time that's better is when you're using a GameCube controller, because the GameCube's, the GameCube's thumb, or the GameCube's uh, D-pad is like just two grains of it's rice janky. that they've yeah. stacked on each other perpendicular. Janky. Yeah, so fucking tiny. Um, but yeah, that the Game Boy Player though was basically just the next iteration of this. I would support Game uh, Game Boy Advance games and earlier, and would do it on the uh, the GameCube. But you had you you were talking about a particular aspect of this, which is the fact that it's two components. Oh yeah, the base, which we like we said, you install onto the bottom of the GameCube, and a disc that you have to be playing at the same time. You have to have it in the GameCube tray. That's been the big issue with you trying to find one, right? Oh, yes. Yeah. So the, the problem with finding a Game Boy Player isn't finding the actual hardware hardware. You can actually the find the base that you screw in for, like, less than $10 most it's of the time. Cheap as it's cheap It's so cheap. It's just a piece of plastic, basically, with a little bit of circuitry. It's nothing. The problem is they built it to where you absolutely have to have a startup disk because the disk contains the it contains all the software for it basically yeah it's got all yeah. the, so instead of just making it to where you could firmware load a software onto a you know device they made it to where you have to have a hardware piece that you screw on and then a freaking disk but you don't just need the disk one time you need the disk every time so you have to put the disk in the GameCube close the GameCube lid you've got your thing screwed into the bottom and that's how it works so it's as if you're playing a game 
but you're playing the Game Boy Player. And if you don't have that disc, it won't work. That's why the hardware is cheap and the disc is expensive. And, that, and the thing is, if you have the base and the disc, which again, I do. I'm not bragging, I'm just saying I'm better than Nick. Um, if you have both... <laughs> no, Nick, no! Shouldn't joke about that. Um, <laughs> but if you have both of those... There ain't enough room in this town for both of us. <laughs> you brought it back from making it a folksy cowboy thing, so it's okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's alright to shoot people as long as you're a cow <laughs> gun, vi- gun violence is okay as long as it's folksy and As long whimsical. as it's prior to 1899. <laughs> Um, but if you have both the components, it's not that inconvenient to use a Game Boy Player, but for some reason, everyone lost those fucking discs. Oh yeah, it's they're a tiny disc. Hell. It's like two inches long. It's not just that they're expensive, it's that it's just hard to find them sometimes. If you've got a single child in a 50 mile radius around you, that disc is gone. Yeah. Not stolen, even, necessarily. It just got broken somehow. It fucking vaporized, or, like, it's in a couch, or, like, a dog ate it. It was thrown into like, a canyon. Like, just... Literally, like, there's some pile of them somewhere where, like, a, like there's a, fa- there's a family in this United States of America. America. Where, where a family has bought at least 12 Game Boy players when they were popular. And what happened is they kept buying them because their little kid... Kept stealing a little disc, chomping on it like it was a donut, deciding it didn't taste good, and then throwing it behind the toilet. And then one day some plumber's going to lift that toilet up, and there's going to be like 50 fucking Game Boy Player discs under that toilet. And he's going to say jackpot, because he knows exactly what they are. Oh yeah. Yeah, that plumber knows exactly what's going on. You know why? That plumber's name's Mario. (gasps) (laughs) Yeah, from from the Mario Brothers. You get it? (laughs) Mario, maybe you heard of me. I would if it wouldn't fuck up this recording. I'd flip this table right now. <laughs> flip the fucking table right now. Did you know off just off topic for a second? Side quest that uh, that's the reason uh, that they coat Nintendo Switch games in this like chemical is so they taste. Bad. Oh yeah, yeah, because kids so, eat them. Because they don't want kids eating them. Because <laughs> they know kids are fucking always trying to kill themselves with your expensive things. You know what? I don't remember chewing on things when I was a kid. I remember, like, getting into, like, a, like horrible stuff. Like, I used to, like, lick my finger and put it in carpet fresh. And then, like, <laughs> and then, like taste it. Like, like, like fun dip? Yeah, like fun, like fun dip, yeah. When I was a very small child, yeah. Because the box, the box had a kitten on it, you know? Why does that make it okay? I don't know. I'm just saying, like, oh, that, that's the kind of shit that oh, I was doing. It's powdered kitten. I love You know what that. I, I never did? You know what I never did? Ate a I never Boy fucking chewed player? on a Super Nintendo cartridge. <laughs> that's for sure. That's for sure. Oh, God. You used to eat carpet fresh. Yeah. I'm sure that didn't affect my personality at all. <laughs> Fuck around, dude. It's because I'm so fresh <laughs> and so clean. Alright, anyway, so the gameplay player, what the fuck are we even talking about now? <laughs> um, uh, carpet Fresh? You know what I'd love to do is, like, test out the Game Boy Player with, with those few, like, those four games that you could play two players on Super Game Boy with, and see if it would work on the GameCube. It wouldn't. I'll explain. Well, problem, problem solved. Podcast <laughs> over. You know what? Fine. It's fine. It's the end of the podcast. So the... Flip the switch. Flip the talk. There you go. Yeah, that was that sound was the sound of the podcast ending. Uh, I don't even know who I'm talking to now. Podcast is over. Uh, yeah, me neither. Let's keep going, though. Yeah, just for fun. Um, well, the, the Game Boy Player actually didn't have any of the features of the Super Game Boy. So any any Game Boy cartridge that had Super Game Boy features, which you could actually tell by the way, because the Super Game Boy games that had special game Super Game Boy shit would have like a little icon on it to let you know. Really? Yeah. You can it, see it on you, a You're talking about in the actual Super Game Boy or are you talking about on the cartridge? On the cartridge. If the games games that had uh special features on the Super Game Boy had a little cartridge. It said Super Game Boy cartridge. On the cartridge. Label. On the goddamn cartridge on label, label. yet. I didn't just tell Such you as that fucking unicorns exist. It's just a little black icon that says Super Game Boy cartridge. Such <coughs> as what? 
Such, what do you mean such as, you mean like what games? Yeah, what games? Um, well, King of Fighters 95, I guess, would have been one of them. Um, I'm trying gonna to look it up later. Uh, hold on, I'll fucking find one. You oh, motherfucker. There you go, finding one. Yeah. Well, I guess while you're finding one, I'll just tell some random story. Does it involve eating powder that you found across your house? On the floor, yeah. Yeah, I mean, just sticking your hands in bags of powder? No, it's like licking your finger like your your finger is a fun dip stick and then putting it in the carpet fresh and then licking your finger again. I'm going to be honest. The problem was not that I couldn't imagine it or didn't know what it looked like. The problem is that it's fucking ridiculous that you did that. Okay, I'm having a hard time finding these now, but I swear to God. Oh, Wario Land. Okay, that's one. Okay, it says Super Game Boy Game Pack. I see it. It's on the, it is on the label of the cartridge. Okay. Yeah. That's so, fine. That's all right. Fine. I accept your apology. I don't remember apologizing to you, pard. It was implied. Um, anyway, so, moving on. <laughs> Super Game Boy Player, or the Game Boy Player was a uh, was a cool was a cool iteration there. It, um, it it did allow you to play games on your TV. The main advantage I would say that it had over the Super Game Boy is just the enhanced library. The fact that you can play Game Boy Advance games on it too, um, which yeah. is awesome. Which is awesome. Um, beyond that, though. Honestly, the Super Game Boy offered more, I feel like. Like, we were just talking about that it didn't have, you know, it had additional features for certain games, like allowing you to play two players inherently without needing another cartridge. Oh, we didn't even mention, you could, like, draw on the screen. Oh, yeah, in Super, in Game, Super Boy. Game Boy. Yeah, you, yeah. you can, like, draw your own little things on it. So, like, sometimes my brother and I would sit there and, like, draw on each other's thing and, like, be like, okay, all right, this challenge is, I'm going to black out the bottom half of the screen yeah you could draw like, over it like with the using either the d-pad or it also supported the super nintendo mouse yeah yeah um and the game boy player was a little more just functional it didn't really have a lot of, it had some features like you could you could adjust the brightness which is handy um it did have different borders and other more super crazy or anything just borders and um you could adjust like the screen zoom and i think you could set a timer on it for it to go to sleep, which is fucking useless. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember that, but maybe because I didn't use it. So. This is yeah, um, but anyway, uh, that's that's the Game Boy Player. I enjoy it. I have, like I said, I have one. I'm gonna mention I that a few more times. I've never tried it. Jeff's been throwing it in my face for like eight years. I'll bring it. I should have brought it over here so you could try it before this episode. Oh, if yeah. I were good at planning, excuses. I'll bring it next week that I'm over here. You can try it. All right, get on your mule and you can you can watch me play it. You can't play it though. You okay. watch me. All right, fine. <laughs> did you ever go to that? Did you ever have a friend where you went to their house and like you had to sit and just watch them play video games? Jesus Christ, that, that was, was the like shittiest. A... I hated that. Oh my god. I went over to a friend's house one time. I was spending. Must be night. so annoying for dicks now because you can just pick up a controller and like flip into the fucking thing at any time. Yeah. So like. <laughs> you, Oh, yeah, you want to invite your annoying friend that you don't want to be friends with to your house? I don't think so, bub, because the second they get over, they're going to jump into your fucking game, and then you're going to have to be friends with them. <laughs> yeah, suck it. <laughs> suck that. Um, People that didn't want to be friends with me, suck that. Well, this was, like, already a friend of mine. I remember one time I went and I was just spending a night at a friend's house, and he fucking, he was already playing Final Fantasy VII when I got there. Oh, and I was no. Like, I was RPG? Like, yeah. I oh, was like, no. oh, cool, okay. And and also, I don't even really like RPGs. So this wasn't even something I enjoyed watching. But, like, I thought... I just like, want to, for the record, Jeff doesn't enjoy movies or RPGs. I love movies. Just, I just haven't seen the whole goddamn Library of Congress of movies that you've seen, okay? Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. You haven't seen Lord of the Rings. Oh, wow. That must take up so much of your time if you, not to see that. Listeners, if you recorded a movie like an hour ago on your phone just at your house of your family, Nick has already seen that movie. I have. And he knows trivia about That's it, right. and he's appalled that I've not seen it. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, instead of parents, you know what I had? Movies. Yeah, I well. Raised by movie. I was like the Batman origin story, except for my parents that got killed were movie reels, and then other movie reels took me in and raised me to be a movie reel man. Yeah, it's pretty far off Batman at this point. Yeah, well, we'll see about that, won't we? I'm <laughs> oh, sorry, sorry. <coughs> we'll see about that, won't we? <laughs> anyway, go ahead. <laughs> go ahead with your story. Where the Christ was I? 
You're at your friend's house. He's playing. Oh Final yeah, Fantasy that story's over. I thought he was gonna play fine. I thought he was gonna Which play it for lame. Like, I thought he was gonna play God. it for like what horrible, horrible situation. To I watch thought he was gonna play it for like five minutes and get to a play because I'm like, you know what? I understand. You know, you were playing. I come over. You're like, oh, let me finish this up. We played it for like a fucking hour of uh, me just sitting there like, hey man, can we? Like eventually, I'm just like, hey dude, can we do something? And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just need to finish this thing real quick. And we sat there for a fucking hour with him playing Final Fantasy VII. I'm not mad anymore, okay? I believe you. God damn I believe it. it. Anyway. <laughs> so those those are the only two I I had to segue out of that gracefully, and I feel like I did it. On the off chance that my cousin, who is a huge Xenoblade fan, yeah. listens to this podcast ever, I want to mention this. This never happened when we were kids, but I know he was playing Xenoblade. And I know for a fact, if I'd walked into his house when he was playing Xenoblade, he would not have stopped playing Xenoblade. <laughs> he would have kept playing Xenoblade the entire time I was there, and I would have had to watch him play Xenoblade. You know who you are. That's all. Also, everyone else knows who he is, because you just said it was your cousin. <laughs> yeah. Well, you well I've got like 47 cousins. Oh yeah, so that's fine. right. You explained to me how your family tree is like a fucking forest somehow. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's like uh, in Resident Evil... The, uh, the intro, where it's like the veins come out of the, the flesh or whatever, and it just like branches out into a billion little virus things. That's what my family is. There's a line from a Mountain Goat song where they say, I saw the future flowering like a ruptured vessel, and that's what I imagine your family tree looks like. Well, that's very poetic. Yeah, I love it. I love the Mountain Goats. Hey, you're pulling out some music shit on me. I do enjoy the Mountain Goats. Right. Don't ask me about almost any other band. I do enjoy the Mountain Goats, though. Um, they were so. I keep trying to come back to this. Yeah, come <laughs> on you're, back. Come you're on so back. So unprofessional. Um, but uh, they, they Nintendo released you know two official ways to play your Game Boy games on televisions. There's an unofficial one we're going to get to later. Um, but there actually are some additional systems that handle this a little bit differently. The Super Game Boy. And the Game Boy Player actually had Game Boy hardware built into them. Yeah. Uh, we talked about emulation earlier. We kind of alluded to it. There is a growing... A growing I say growing. It's been like 10 years that we've had these systems. Consoles that use software emulation. And you see this with like, you know, consoles that'll play NES games, Super Nintendo games. Um, they're not... In, the hardware isn't recreated at all in there. It's basically just a chip that has emulation software, usually like open source emulation software, it just dumps your ROM from the cartridge, runs it through that emulator, and that's what you're actually playing. Yeah. Hyperkin is a company that's done several of these kinds of of deals. They are a company that do a lot of um, post-market stuff like controllers for NES games, you know, for NESs and Super Nintendo controllers. Um, They actually produce some officially licensed Xbox controllers they produce officially licensed Xbox Series X and I think Xbox One controllers that look like the original Xbox controllers. Well, well, well. Yeah. I did not know that. Oh, yeah. That's they're, crazy. They're officially licensed and everything. The big bulky... By Microsoft. Yeah. They have the oh, Xbox shit. logo on them. Yeah. They're, they look like the giant fucking cat killer controllers. The ones that look like you could drop them on a cat and break its spine. Not my thing. <laughs> <laughs> not not a lot of people's thing, but some people's thing. And for those yeah. people, you can get those controllers, use them on a on an Xbox yeah. Series X. Hell yeah. By Hyperkin. You do you. I like Hyperkin as a company. They produce some okay stuff. Um, they produced, so far, two separate systems that allow you to play Game Boy games on a television. Yeah. Uh, the first one they released was the Retron 5, and this was a few years back. Uh, the Retron 5 is actually a weird-looking system because it's really long, and it has five slots on it because it can play nintendo games that's nes games i mean famicom games super nintendo games sega genesis games and game boy games or game boy game boy color and game boy advance games yeah um so obviously we're more interested in that it has like a little thin slot on the front you can jab those games into it looks really cool it does and it's it actually plays well i mean again like i said it Really, all it's doing is it reads the cartridge, and then it runs it through an emulator. So you're really playing an emulated ROM that it ripped from your cartridge. 
but it also reads the safe states from those cartridges, so it's still the same thing. You talked about there's having not your, much a difference. There's there's really not a huge difference. People talk about the difference between software emulation and hardware emulation, and this is kind of a dry technical topic, so feel free to pretend we're talking about rattlesnake dicks again or something, but... Um, <laughs> but, um, but that's, you know, there, there are differences and blah, blah, blah. But honestly, to most people playing, probably not a noticeable difference. Probably not. Really, you know what? The only hardware difference I've ever noticed in any console has nothing to do with this topic. It's just N64. Yeah, it's hard to, you can't yeah. emulate in 64 perfectly. And then, like, newer games, games, like PS2 and PSP yeah. and stuff like that. Those are the hardware differences. If we're talking about Game Boy, not a fucker on this earth would be able to tell. Some The thing is, there are people that can, but those are the people that are also, you know... They're purists. They're purists. The absolute maximum. And, I mean, to a degree, I enjoy that, you know, I enjoy a, a level of fidelity with, you know, what the original gameplay would have been like. But I'm also buying this so I can play it on my fucking HD television. Yeah. So, to a certain point, I don't know, it's not the same thing anymore anyway, right? Like We're not talking about an input lag or anything. It's just, it looks a little different because it's just a slightly different way to display yeah. it on the TV that wasn't designed to display this sort of thing. Like... The, okay. The big appeal of the Retron 5, I feel like, man, we get so excited talking about these that we we start talking about them, and then I'm like, oh, I didn't tell you about it, really. Um, the Retron 5 uh, has HDMI output, and that was its big selling point, was yeah. you can buy one system. Big deal. Yeah, you can buy one system. That sounded sarcastic, but I think Nick meant that genuinely. It's a, It was a big deal. Yeah. Um, oh, big deal. Big deal. <laughs> no, I, I can export HDMI in my brain anytime I want. Um, you, it had an HDMI output and it had you know one console that you could play a fuck ton of games on. Um, so so that was the appeal, and you could play game your Game Boy games in HD on your television. Um, and it does offer some cool features that you're not going to see in like the Super Game Boy or the Game Boy Player. Like you can upscale, you can apply shaders and stuff like that. I've never really been into like the scan lines effect, but if you like that kind of thing, you can do that. Um, I, I enjoy the Retron 5. I own this one as well, and it's pretty cool. It also accepts, um, it has a controller that it comes with, which is shitty and you shouldn't use it. Um, uh, but it also ex has ports to accept NES, Super Nintendo, and Genesis controllers. You can use any of those with Game Boy games, and you can configure the buttons. You can actually create button mappings. I did not know that. Not only can you create button mappings, you can save those as separate profiles that you can apply whenever... Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, it's pretty fucking tight. That's, that's tight. People that's com really tight. People complained about the Retron 5 because, for one thing, like we said, it used software emulation instead of emulating, somehow emulating a million fucking systems with just hardware under the hood, um, which would have made this thing the size of a table. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but they, uh, you know, people complained about that. I didn't have any problem with that. I like it. It's a good system. It plays well. One complaint people had that may have been legitimate, but it's more of a moral issue, is the fact that they used some uh, Super Nintendo emulation software, potentially without a license. Hmm. Uh, I want to say they addressed that in an update or something, and they replaced the emulator, but whatever. I don't fucking, I don't fucking care that much. Who gives a care? <laughs> Who gives a shit? Jeff only cares about himself. Um... It's kind of like eating the hamburger and forgetting the leather what it came from. <laughs> That's well said. You what, feel what I'm stepping what in? Is, what's the name of this stupid cowboy character, Nick? My name is Tatum Joe. Tatum Joe. Oh, Christ alive. I do. You know, I, because what? Ta Channing Tatum is a, is a good guy, and I like a good cup of Joe. That's why they call me Tatum Joe. Because I got muscles and coffee. I I hate this character, but I want him to come back at the same time. Yeah, well, keep I, it up. Tatum Maybe Joe. he will. <laughs> stay, on his, stay on his good side. You fucking threaten me? <laughs> we'll um, see. <laughs> Hypercan had another one I want to talk about real quick. And that was, uh, it's actually not out yet, I don't think. Uh, the Retron, I don't know if you, I guess it's pronounced Retron Square. It's Retron SQ. I've heard it as like. Retron Squ 
It's just retro and SQ, basically. I, I want to say it's got to be pronounced square. I think Metal Jesus said it as Retron Square. Okay. So I'm pretty well, sure. Metal Jesus rocks. It is a cube. Yeah. Is it, what it is. So it's I'm a, assuming that's what it is. Yeah. Right. It's a small cube-shaped console that has an input on the top for a Game Boy cartridge, which supports Game Boy and Game Boy Color, and has, I guess, beta support for Game Boy Advance. Like, maybe they're still working on that. But... Uh, form factor fucking cool. It, it, it does look really fucking cool. It's just, it's, it's like it's a, a tiny, tiny, tiny little console and you put the cartridges in the top, just uh, like an NES top loader or a Super Nintendo or a Genesis or something. Yeah. You just it, like slam that in, like fuck that, that's awesome. It's got, it has an, uh, a USB input on the front for a controller and it comes with a Super NES style controller. Yes. Um... We talked about this a couple episodes ago because it has, uh, you mentioned what you called the watermelon, um, color color scheme where it's like this, um, transparent blue plastic with like yellow or purple, um, buttons and shit. Purple or pink. Yeah. yeah. They also have one that I'm more interested in, which is black and gold. Cause I, ever since I saw a Neo Geo for the first time, a black and gold color scheme just, why uh, go more country? More uh, consoles do that. I don't know, because there's something about gold on black... Oh, yeah. ...that fucking screams premium. Like, it just... you could, Super premium. Yeah, like, you could sell me the same thing, and it's just black and gold, and you're like... And just call it the premium model, and I'm like, yeah, of course it's... Sir, do you want a vasectomy, or do you want a premium vasectomy? <laughs> <laughs> what? Wait a minute. Like, the, my... How does that oh golden is it golden black know. is it golden black afterwards? I, think you know. <laughs> I don't. I, think I have you know. I have many questions, doctor. Anytime a doctor says I think you know, go to a different doctor. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, but it's it's I not think, out yet. Apparently, it has some issues with. Um, I, I think the biggest issue is the aspect ratio. Apparently, it well, it has a switch. Yeah, it has a switch, but uh, Metal Jesus covers it. It's it's got like some issues, like if you compare it to other things, yeah, it's bad. I think most people wouldn't have an issue with it. It's another one of those things where it's probably purists. But, yeah, purists will have an issue with it. Um, I think the main problem is the disparity of what it costs versus mm-hmm. what you can do with something like a Retron Five or a Raspberry Pi. Yeah. Um, if you wanted to get a Raspberry Pi 3B Plus or something, which is the newest thing besides Raspberry 4, Raspberry Pi 4, um, you're looking at like a good $60 investment and then everything else is just software. Yeah. Like you're just doing it all for free yourself and like figuring it out and obviously uh, doing completely legal means of uh, obtaining, you know, games and such. But uh, that's that's a separate thing. But with this, I think it was like 150 bucks. I was thinking something like seventy five. Something ridiculous. I was thinking seventy five. You some think reason. so? Uh, keep talking because I'm going to find out. <laughs> yeah. Okay. But I mean, to me though, I, I mean, I watched several videos on it. It seemed way too expensive to me. But I have a lot of different ways to play Game Boy games. I have Raspberry Pis. I have the Super Game Boy and every Game Boy I've wanted as a child and played as a child and everything. So my game collection is vast, and I can just play it. And I have another couple of adapters we're going to talk about in a second for, you know, a couple of minutes here. And um, you can play it on that. But uh, with this thing, like, you can play all of these. You just slap that cartridge in. But, like, for a lot of people, it's just going to be, you know, not everyone has a huge Game Boy collection. So it could be a really cool thing, even if the... How, how much? How much is it? So, <clears throat> okay, Overstock.com has it for eighty three forty nine. I saw why. Is there an Overstock of that really? I saw I Overstock.com. Mean, I, I saw a wide variety of prices when I looked just now. Um, I saw something listed as low as seventy three, but that may have been like a wholesale price because it was listed on the Hyperkin website, and for some reason they don't sell directly to consumers. Um, and then I saw somebody had it listed for like one hundred and eleven. So it sounds like there's kind of a variance in price. It's not crazy, but it's, to Nick's point, you know, and we talked about the RetroPie thing. There are going to be a subset of people that insist on playing games on cartridges. Um, so this might appeal to them. I at least prefer it just because I like that tactile experience of taking something physical yeah. and shoving it inside something else physical. There's nothing but like it. There isn't. Um, I mean, sex, but... Um, it is similar, I guess, in, to to sex. Yeah, they're about the same. Yeah, about the same thing. But um, Game Boy sex about yeah. the same. Um, 
but you know it the thing is it, for one thing it's very similar to the retron 5 and that it's software emulation again um and like we said a lot of people wouldn't care about that but i mean you could just buy the retron 5 which is still like 120 dollars, i think so you spend a little more money and you get nes Famicom, Super Nintendo, and Genesis. This is basically a dumbed-down version of the Retron 5. Yeah, it's a dumbed-down version. For $40 less. For $40 less. Just spend $40 more and get a Retron 5. Yeah. I mean, it's... That's what I'm saying. I, I don't know all of the features this has, if this has anything additional, but I can't imagine it has too much more than what playing your Game Boy games on a Retron 5 offered, because um, that already had like a bunch of fucking like, save states and everything else. So like, it's hard to imagine that there's a lot that this offers other than looking fucking sweet as shit. Oh, it looks fucking tight. Here, I've got the... Have you, you've seen the black and gold one, Oh, right? I've seen it, yeah. yeah. Oh, God. I would man. take the black and I gold like or the, the translation. <laughs> oh, I've seen it. Oh, I've seen oh it. yeah. God damn, Oh, I've you bet it. your ass I've seen it. All right. Um, you know, this is a... I gotta be honest, I'm looking at this. We actually have a lot more stuff to discuss on some of these devices that allow you to play Game Boy games on your television. Oh, man. <laughs> I think uh, I think we're going to have to make this a two-parter again. I think this is going to be our second two-part episode. Well, I reckon that's the right thing to do. Oh, it's Tatum Joe again. Tatum um, Joe. I forgot that was my name, actually, <laughs> even though I just said it. Um, so, yeah, next week, uh, this wasn't quite planned, but next week, part two of this episode that I don't know what it's called yet, but you guys do because you're listening to it. Um, about, uh, we have so many more devices we're going to talk about allowing you to play Game Boy games on your TV. So uh, that'll be, I think that'll be fun. So tune in for that. I do know next week we also have, we didn't get around to it this week, but um, we actually got a listener email. And uh, we're going to we're gonna read that and uh, also discuss a little bit of a challenge that that email included. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We definitely got our first tipping the turtle challenge from this email. It's I don't great. know if it was intended to be a challenge. I don't quite recall. I don't think it I, was. They but did not we directly it challenge. challenge it. Yeah. But uh, we, we did it, though. Yeah. We, we definitely did it, and we're going to have those results. They didn't throw down the gauntlet, but they were holding the gauntlet, and then we took it and threw it on the ground for them. And they were like, why did you do that? Yeah, that was a perfectly good gauntlet. I just got that gauntlet. Yeah. Now it's dirty. I'm going to have to throw it away, and I'm like, could just wash it. Yeah. You could yeah. if you wanted to. Yeah, if you weren't being so shitty, you could just wash the gauntlet. And then there was a dolphin in the corner. It shed a single tear. Yeah, yeah. This was a dream we had. We had <laughs> together. <laughs> we hooked up the dream, the dream helmets to each other and had this dream, <laughs> like yeah. that weird Netflix movie with Jonah Hill and uh, whoever. Oh, him, uh, Maniac? Hey, that's a hell of a good... Did you watch that? Yeah. Did you seriously watch that? Yeah, it was good. Oh my god, that was good. It was very good. That was so good. Yeah, I love hey, it. Hey, that's two turtle points. Hey, thank you, I'm getting two. points. There you go, you got two shells, man. I'm gonna have to go back and listen to all of our episodes to find out how many turtle points I have because I've lost track. <laughs> it's not many. Alright, tune in next week while we'll part two of this episode. We will talk about our listener email and the challenge that was laid down. And uh, in the meantime... Have a good evening. Y'all come back now, you hear? <laughs> Tipping the Turtle is the only retro gaming podcast, but don't Google that. It's hosted by Jeff Silvers and Nick Bryant, with music by Nick Bryant and produced by Jeff Silvers. Follow us at facebook.com slash tippingtheturtle or email us at tippingtheturtlegaming at gmail.com. <laughs>